The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. This story happened a few years ago. A few years ago, I was fortunate to take a number of local balabatim, people who were learning more about Torah mitzvahs on the process, on the journey of getting closer to Hashem, but not quite there yet. And we did a one-week tour of Eretz Yisrael together with daddies from all over the world, from South America, from Canada and the United States. And we spent one beautiful week touring Eretz Yisrael, growing, sapping up the Kedusha, bonding as to one another. And it was really a life-changing experience, I think, for all the participants. There was about a hundred of us in total. Right before Shabbos, the people that arranged this program had us go to Eishat to the beautiful dining room in Eishat And we had a pre-Shabbos Ruach concert with Yom Tov Glazer, a well-known personality in Eishat It was great. We sang and we danced. And it was just the right mindset and preparation to be able to go down to the Kaisal for Kabbalah Shabbos. Right before Kabbalah Shabbos, right before we went down to the Kaisal, I turned to my small group of Chavar, we had about 10 of us there, and I said to them, let's get into a huddle. And we got into a huddle and I said, I want to share something. I said, you know, we're about to walk down to the Kaisal, the place where the Beis HaMikdash used to be. I said, when there was a Beis HaMikdash, there were karbanas, there were sacrifices, and we could bring a karban, and it was so powerful what a karban could do. Nowadays, we don't have karbanas. And there's really no way to bring a karban. We don't even have a base on mikdash. However, I said, we can do certain acts in our life where we give ourselves for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where we sacrifice something important to us because we love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because we want to nurture that relationship. I think each and every one of us has an opportunity right here and right now to maybe do something that in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mindset is tantamount to bringing a karban bringing a sacrifice. And they were intrigued. And you have to understand, this is after a bunch of days of growing and learning and geschmack and we're in the most beautiful place and the, the sun is setting and it was a beautiful night. I mean, so just music and ruach and everyone's so high. And I said, here's what we're going to do. And I pulled out a manila envelope. And I said that, I know for almost all of you, you use a phone on Shabbos and it's something very important to you. A phone's part and parcel of who you are. I said, you only live once, YOLO. You only live once. I want you to consider if in your heart of hearts you're willing to do a karban, to sacrifice for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your phone for one Shabbos. And I promise you the second Shabbos is over when we have Havdalah, I'll be waiting there with that manila envelope. You can literally take your phone out literally the second after Havdalah. And the guys were, were definitely taken by this and I'd arranged, I told this to one of the guys before so we could set it up properly. There was a ringer. And I said, but before you put that phone in this manila envelope, I want you to take a moment and pray to God. Because when you sacrifice for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's a tremendous Eisratzen, that's such an auspicious moment. And you could ask Hashem for something that really is sitting on your heart, something really important to you. So don't just dump it into the manila envelope. Walk over to the manila envelope, hold the phone in your hand, pause for a few seconds. You don't have to do it out loud, in your heart. Tell Hashem what you really want to tell Him. You put it in, and Amir Tashem, the fact of not using your phone for a whole Shabbos will be such a tremendous chus. Who knows what could happen? And the guys were very serious. They were ernst, devoted. And one after another, they came. They did a little bit of a, of a tefillah. They put it in. One guy, when it came to his turn to put in the phone, I saw he was vacillating. He was very hesitant. He wasn't sure if he should do it. Back and forth, you could see there was an inner turmoil. And eventually, he reaches into his pocket. He takes out his iPhone 
and he puts it into the manila envelope, but he kind of stay, stays there with his hand kind of in the manila envelope. And I see he's really davening, seriously. Then he puts it in. I said, oh, I'm so proud of you. Shabbat Shalom. And we walk down to the Kaisa for a really a beautiful, elevating Kabbalah Shabbos. I thought that was the end. Matzah Shabbos is over. I give everyone their phones. Monday morning, we fly out. Sunday night, we fly out and we arrive in Newark Airport on Monday morning. As we're riding back to town, the fellow, this fellow, the one that had put the the phone into the manila envelope with tremendous hesitation and then with sincere tefillah, he turns to us. He says, guys, I have a really important meeting this morning at 9 o'clock. I'm just going to go home and I'm going to shower. I'm going to shave and put a meet with a very important meeting. Say a prayer for me. It's an important meeting. Okay. No problem. Of course we're going to say a prayer. You're a brother. After this experience, we're all brothers. We're going to say a prayer for you. And that was the end, or so I thought. Two, three months later, he calls me up and he says, Rabbi, I'd like to talk to you. Come over to his house. And he says, I feel like I owe you a little bit of an explanation of something that you probably don't know anything about. I'm like, please? He says to me, you have to understand something. While we were dancing over there in Asia Torah, my phone rings and it was my boss. And this fellow was pretty high up in the corporate world. And my boss said to me that there's been some serious restructuring in the company. Monday morning at 9 o'clock, I need to meet with him and there's going to be serious changes in the company. He says to me, I've been in corporate America long enough to know that that basically means that I'm getting, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm getting a pink slip. It's over. And I said to myself, this is my job, this is my livelihood, I have kids, college, um, I have expenses that I have to take care of for me, for my family. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I'm not the guy that gets the pink slip. So I figured, listen, over the weekend, I'm going to call everyone that I know. I definitely have people in high places who are personal friends, people I've done favors for. I have their home phone numbers, their cell phone numbers. I'm going to spend Shabbos, and I'm going to try to make as many phone calls as I can to evade what I think is inevitable. And then Rabbi, he says, you ask me, as soon as I come in, we're all standing in the huddle, you ask me to put my phone into that manila envelope. And I said to myself, is he crazy? He's out of his mind. I should put my phone in that manila envelope. In that phone are the context to all the people that are the difference between me keeping my job and losing my job. But the other half of me said, do you really trust in God? What are you willing to do for Him? Look where you are. Look out the window. You could see the western wall. Did this mean, week mean nothing to you? Do you not have a relationship with God? He says, it took me tremendous inner strength. But I reached within the recesses of my soul. And I said, I'm going to do it. And I put my hand into that manila envelope. And I prayed and I said, God, look what I'm doing for you because I know it's the right thing. God, you got to kick back. And I was at peace the rest of Shabbos. He says, Monday morning, remember we were sitting on the way back from the airport. And I said, say a prayer for me. Nine o'clock, I had to meet with my boss. He says, I went home, I showered and I shaved. I put on a suit, I came into corporate. I sit down, he looks at me. He says to me, for the life of myself, I don't understand this. But her decision just came down. You're replacing me, and I'm being given the pink slip. And instead of getting fired, he got a promotion. Powerful story. But I think the power of the story was that this was a carbon. If the closest thing you could get to a carbon is the lechem apanim of that fellow in Svas, well, this was a modern-day carbon, a person that says, Rabbi Nishlam, I'm willing to sacrifice to you. And now, Rabbi Nishlam, I hope you'll assist me. 
And this is a very, very powerful thing. We need to think about this in the back of our mind. We have opportunities to make sacrifices, quote-unquote, to bring karbanas to the Rabbanu Shalom all the time. And those sacrifices sometimes are easier and some of them are very challenging. And there's a lot that's on the line in those challenges. But we need to find those opportunities because those are opportunities to bring karbanas nowadays and to make all the parshiyos of karbanas practical, relevant, impactful. And with the sacrifices that we make for the Rabbanu Shalom, we have the opportunity to quote-unquote Bring our own carbon to the Rabbi Nishalem. Stories to Inspire.org. You will be inspired by the great stories that are right there for all of us.